Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program Today's Issues here on American Family Radio. Today's Thursday, August the 11th. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Chris Woodward. Good morning. And Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, cooling off there, any there in Kansas City, it's Kansas? 77 degrees this morning, so really nice. Mm. I mean, we've been, we've been, you know... Oh, it's been around 100 degrees, right. which is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I'm against it. And uh, so 77, I mean, feels like it's sweater weather today. So we're yeah. doing pretty good up here. You're against it, but uh, boating in, on weather has no, <laughs> has no direct <laughs> has, influence at all. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> well, we too here in Tupelo MS, we're experiencing, as a lot of people are across the country, some pleasant uh, down in the 60s. Mid-September weather. Down in the 60s this weekend. Overnight lows. Oh, man. Really? Oh, we're, wait- oh, we're just waiting we're for it at our house. I sleep outside on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> like they used to do back in the day. Yeah. Well, July was brutal. It for, was. For a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite frankly, what? it was just summertime in the south for a lot of us. But uh, Can I say something? But in the northeast... <laughs> It was it was it was pretty bad. You know, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen the rants about the weather on Facebook, and it's very apparent that some of y'all have never worn a wool band uniform in August, and it shows. <laughs> oh, that's so you were the high school marching band. Oh, yeah. were you? Go Panthers! What, what did you? What did? What instrument did you? Uh... I was on the drum line. I played snare for several years, and uh, my senior year, I was uh, one of the tenor drummers. There's not a... tenor. Um, the Drum, drum, drums. I mean, it's so ten- long ago, I forgot. <laughs> I thought tenors were like singers or something. <laughs> not, uh, not, not tenor drums. Um, you know the um, the quads. Thank you very much. The quads. Oh, you got four drums right yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was very that? Cool. Very I gotta, cool. I got it. I haven't had my third pot of coffee yet. So, so those, bear with me. The sounds of a football season, mm-hmm. right there. Right. <clears throat> okay. So, God, I didn't know you played in the marching band. I did. So uh, after high, high school, that that. What, what career path did your drums take you on? I was on. Uh, I was part of a music group at a uh, area community college here, not far from uh, AFA. Right, right. Um, I wasn't in the marching band in college. I was part of a music group, and we did festivals and schools. Was it? Uh, a, was it like a rock band? It was kind of a show choir type. So thing. you were a rock star. Yeah, kind <laughs> of, sort of. Yeah, I could have. I could have done albums, but uh, you know, I wanted to do news copy and, and ruin people's day in four and a half minutes. So. Oh me, Fred! Instruments for you? Instruments for me? Okay, did you play anything? Uh, uh, hockey. Uh, <laughs> hockey. Oh, I tried. Game on. Hockey's My instrument. answer was a hockey stick. So you tried to injure and maim people? That was your objective. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's right. Not bad. <laughs> did you ever, you ever pull the jersey off and just? I I I led in penalties during a few seasons. Ray, Adam, I ever ask you? Do you play any? Uh... I, I I played the king of all instruments, the trombone. The slide trombone. In the band? In the band. Yeah. So, in so the junior high and high school, yeah. Trombone. How, how yeah, far can you go? How far can you can, can a person go with the trombone? 
You mean is there is there a professional career? Yeah, can well, you after high school? Can you after high school? Mark, for a select make- few, to be clear, I was nowhere near that select few. But yeah, you know, you get you can get a you can go into college and symphony orchestras and stuff I got like you. that. Yeah. Well, JJ always jokes that the the dead end instrument is the tuba. <laughs> uh, that's just there's no you know nobody hiring. <laughs> that's right. There's nobody hiring. No big market. <laughs> You don't find any tuba players at the beach, you know, at the bar and grill. No, uh, over in the corner, singing. Uh, no, and and out front of Mark Rocky Mountain High, or looking something. for donations. What now? Nobody plays the tuba looking for no. donations. Not even scammers. Duly <laughs> <laughs> noted, Fred. They may pay you to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I would like to hear the recruiting pitch that uh, that the band leaders, <clears throat> you know, the band directors. <laughs> give to the to the to the tuba guy uh all right uh, so son we need we need us a, a tuba player and i think you're just the one all right all right so anyway uh, a lot of things happening in our yes. world <clears throat> steve jordahl will be along next half hour but right now the spotlight's on the uh the drummer yeah. From Amory, Mississippi, Chris Woodward. Go ahead, Chris. Shout out Monroe County. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, the story continues with the FBI's raid on Trump's um, house there, former President Trump's house in Florida. We still don't know what they were after, why they were after it. We don't know what they might have taken. Uh, some senators will hear uh, later this uh, hour may say we don't know what they left there. So let's begin with uh, audio from Trump's team. This is one of his attorneys. Lindsay Halligan, uh, she was on Fox News, and she says they were cooperating and that the warrant was under seal, and the search executed while Trump was away was done to hide the blatant overreach. Clip one. Uh, what the FBI did was an appalling display of abuse of power. All documents requested were previously handed over. President Trump and his team painstakingly reviewed every single document at Mar-a-Lago and gave the government what they requested. The warrant was uh, secured under seal, so they tried to get away with concealing this overreach by obtaining a warrant uh, under seal. Nobody knew about it. They knew that President Trump was in Bedminster and hasn't been at Mar-a-Lago for some time. They thought they could sneak in, snoop around without attorneys present in case they walked out with nothing, so nobody would know that they overreached to this degree. Fred? You know, there's just so much wrong. We had our own uh, legal expert, Abe Hamilton, on yesterday, and he pointed out a number of things. Of, And he's a former prosecutor, so he knows what he's talking about. The way this was handled was so unorthodox. First of all, the Trump team, we know this, this is not being debated, cooperated fully with the National Archives people for everything they requested. In fact, back in February... The uh, Trump team sent 15 boxes. There were 15 boxes of archival items. They sent them. They cooperated with them. As Abe pointed out, you have a party that's cooperating with the National Archives people, giving them everything that they requested. Why then would you pull off a stunt like raiding the house? Further, you also uh, Abe also pointed out yesterday they skipped a step. Uh, they went from the negotiations that have been going on for months about what documents to turn over. Uh, the next step, as Abe told us, was to be a subpoena. There was no subpoena step in this. They skipped right over 
to this draconian raid, nine hours. We're told that uh, in the warrant, apparently, according to reports, they were to check out three rooms at the estate, at the Trump estate. Nine hours to check out three rooms. Also, at some point early on in the negotiations over the last several months, the archives people said there were some documents that should be kept in a sealed, locked room. Well, this is what the Trump people did. They kept it in there. The FBI agents go in there and break into that. So on and on and on this goes. There, There's just, and here we are, 72 hours after this raid, and the Attorney General of the United States or Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, have said nothing about what they were looking for. Nothing. Well, I think the longer this goes on, the worse it looks Yes, for the uh, Justice Department and for the FBI. Uh, right? You think they owe the American people some sort of a explanation? Well, number one, Tim, this has never been done before, raiding the home. And let's understand, this isn't just, wasn't this the visit? This was a raid by the FBI, raiding the home the official residence of a former president of the United States. We've gone all these years. It has never happened before. It seems to me that the, that, that the bar is set pretty high. If you're going to do that, you've got to have a good reason, and you've got to be able to explain it to the American people. And I just wonder, I just wonder if, if you're looking for documents, why would it, why, and you had that many agents on the ground, Tim, why would it take you nine and a half hours to do that you go in you look around you can't find anything this has the public confidence in the fbi has been dropping in recent years for a lot of reasons i'm afraid it's going to crater after this it looks now like it was purely political an attack on president trump because they don't want him to run again in 2024 and juxtapose what they're doing to, uh, to former President Trump. Remember now, the FBI has been after him even as he was running for office in 2016. They launched the first attack, the whole thing that led to the Russian collusion. But also, uh, think about this. We've known about Hunter Biden's laptop since before that election in 2020. So almost two years now, we've known... Hunter Biden gets on Air Force One yesterday, was it, and flies off with his dad for a beach vacation. No raid on Hunter on Hunter Biden's house. They have the laptop. They have everything that's on that laptop. Nothing from the FBI about that. Nothing. Yeah. To Ray's point about this being possibly an effort to prevent Trump from being able to run again or from running again, there is that Newsmax article that came out yesterday. They branded it an exclusive as they supposedly Newsweek. interviewed. Newsweek. Newsweek. Thank yep. you. Uh, Newsweek interviewed what they're calling an informer here, and they point out that uh, there's this law that says you can't have things that belong to the National Archives, even if you're the president, and it quotes the law as saying this, whoever having the custody of any such record proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same shall be fined $2,000, sentenced to up to three years in prison, or shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. 
Yeah, so if you if this theory is correct, that is the one Ray articulated, and you just cited the law. Mm-hmm. Is that a law? It is, yes. Okay. All right. Th- that would mean that if you take the view that this is purely politically driven, all right, then the point of this would be to disqualify President Trump from running for office again. Yes. That would be the point. Mm-hmm. In other words, <clears throat> you just say, well, he violated this statute right here. He took things that didn't belong to him. They belonged to the National Archives, and therefore uh, he can't run for president again. Now, I, as mentioned yesterday, I think uh, President Trump would object to that, and Republicans would, and I think you'd create some sort of a constitutional crisis uh, perhaps, uh, but, uh, yeah, as you know, I mentioned this yesterday when this happened on Monday, my wife said, uh, they better bring out a dead body. Hmm. Huh? Yeah, it's right. that serious. You're going to raid the personal home of an American citizen. Number one, number two, the former president of the United States. And number three, uh, a, a, the chief political, potentially the chief political opponent to the sitting president, yes. Uh, the optics of that look terrible mm-hmm. uh, to 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 a fair-minded uh, person. And I read yesterday where independents, independent voters were were surveyed. This was a tell, um, tell, tell, tell I'm trying to think of the agents, the uh, polling firm. It was a reputable polling firm, anyway, <clears throat> that uh, said that uh, seventy plus percent of independent voters were more motivated now after this to get out and vote mm-hmm. than they were before the raid of President Trump's, again, personal residence in Florida. This better be more than, than just, well, it better be more than just uh, an argument over what belongs to President Trump and what belongs to the National Archives. Yeah. So me. much so much of this looks so dirty. The, the judge that they went to to get the warrant... Yeah. Donated money to Barack Obama's campaign. He also donated money to Jeb Bush, who was the opponent of Donald Trump in the primaries back in 2016. Yeah, he's also made uh, social media posts against President Trump. Yes. So there is that. Chris, did you have anything else on this? Yes. Uh, I want to mention real quick, I believe the poll you just mentioned, was it the Trafalgar Group poll? Yes, it was. 53.9% of independent voters believe Trump's uh, political enemies were behind the Monday raid. Right. And, and the, the figure I gave was the, those who were going to be more motivated to vote mm-hmm. because of what happened. So, so if you believe that poll over uh, a majority of Americans believe that this was politically motivated, and this was for independent voters. Yes. Not, yeah. not, not necessarily Republicans. And again, if you, if you go back, the thing of it is – when you look back at the history of the recent history of the FBI and their <clears throat> favoritism of Democrats, it's just you just get, this is all one sided, and you just go, well, this there is a deep state, and it is controlled by the Democrats and the liberals, yeah, and it favors one side. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the way again uh, to rehash what we've already said, and a lot of it already said, you just look at what happened with. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. and James Comey, the director of FBI, they just protected her. They didn't raid her home looking for servers. 
right. her, her documents, did they? No. No. And you know what? President Trump was president. He could have authorized a, some uh, some sort of a public show against Hillary Clinton if he if he is so chosen to. I don't know if the FBI or the Justice Department would have acted on that, but are his you know they could have done something like that but yeah. but he didn't do this again it's to raise the stakes this high now where uh you're going into the personal home over some boxes of of now again you always say well there's a there's a chance that there's something there's a blockbuster uh issue here that we don't know about that they won't speak about i guess that's always some sort of possibility in any case like this but with the with the with with the FBI director and the Attorney General of the United States not saying a word, yeah, about something like this. Here's the problem too: if the FBI hadn't the reputation hadn't been thrown in question, right, about everything leading up to what happened on right. Monday over the last two, three, four years. I mean, including lying but, to a FISA court. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, all of this is the way they went after General Flynn was awful. General Flynn, huh? uh, they Stone. set him up. Yes. Yeah. James Comey. Uh, we just want to come over and have a chat with you. Right. To, 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 to General Flynn, when he was measuring the curtains in his office in the White House, it was. Yeah, it was scandalous. The way he described that, James yeah. Comey described that, it was just former FBI director. He was sort of sounded flippant about mm-hmm. setting a, a, a man up who had served our country and risen to the level of of a general and then uh, uses something called the Logan Act from 1790, yes. <laughs> 1798 or something. I mean, just all oh, this is one side. It's been one sided for 10 years now. Now, remember, this occurred when Barack Obama was still president in his last what days. Is? Uh, uh, going to uh, on the, the Flynn incident followed. Remember, the investigation, the, the Russian collusion stuff started before Inauguration Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. In, in 2000, yeah, and the FBI knew that it was phony. Yes, this all started then. We know from reports going way back, yeah, that Joe Biden was vice president to President Obama. They used to meet in the Oval Office and they would be discussing what was going on with the investigation with the Russian collusion. It, it is reported that Joe Biden was the one that brought up the Logan Act. In those conversations with President Barack Obama. Is he alive then? <laughs> he was more alert. I'm talking about during the Logan Act, 1798. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, listen. That's there, a There's one more thing here I, I wanted to mention. You know, the reason there's so much skepticism. Uh, Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. I heard an audio <clears throat> piece from him yesterday on mm-hmm. Tony Perkins' program. And he said, you know... Uh, Marco Rubio has a lot of Cuban friends down there in Florida. He says, my Cuban friends are very concerned about what's going on here. Have a listen to what he had to say. Cut three. Now, look, this may all be shocking to most Americans, but the people I've lived around my entire life in Miami, they've seen all of this before. You see, many of them came to America fleeing Marxist dictatorships, governments that use the power of the state to criminalize the opposition. And they have long known what many are now learning the hard way. There are no limits to what Marxists are willing to do to hold on to power. Pretty strong words. Yeah. Well, even stronger words or as stronger words was Rand Paul. Oh, yeah. We have that as well. The, the senator from Kentucky 
uh, known for his shyness. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, do we have that cut? We do, yeah. I can All set right. it up we'll, here we'll if you want. We'll play that. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. This is Kentucky Senator Rand Paul saying trust in the FBI is so low, he wouldn't be surprised if the FBI planted evidence at Mar-a-Lago. Clip 10. Do I know that the boxes of material they took from Mar-a-Lago, that they won't put things in those boxes to entrap him? How do we know? Their lawyers weren't allowed to see the boxes go. They weren't categorized. That's going to be a problem. Thousands of documents were taken. Yeah, mm -hmm. how do we know that they're going to be honest with us about what's actually in the boxes? How do mm -hmm. we know that was in the box before it left the residence if the lawyers weren't allowed to see everything? So, you know, they've lost a great <clears throat> deal of trust. Rand Paul there. One other thing, I guess we could one other thing of this for an hour and a half, but <laughs> one other thing <clears throat> that needs to be noted, <clears throat> excuse me, Fred, you talked about this yesterday. Um, former President Barack Obama mm -hmm. still hasn't turned over thousands of documents. He took them to Chicago with him when he left office. He said he wanted to digitize those documents. According to the reports that we've read yesterday, he has not returned one of those documents. And the National Archives were trying to get those back from him. Yeah, and this has been going on for four years. So why didn't the FBI raid the home of Barack Obama? Good question. Why? Because he's a Democrat. That's right. There. There you go. And Christopher Ray, the FBI director, he's upset that so many people are upset with what happened on Monday. He, he just can't understand it. You know, I was thinking about this. The, the uh, FBI director was commenting on, he, he said they had received threats. They, the mm -hmm. FBI, had received threats. And uh, listen, this is a country of 330 million people. There's some, <clears throat> there's some nut jobs on all sides, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, it, I don't, so, you know, it could be true that some threats came into the FBI However, I would say I would when I was reading that I was going. If you got time to comment on that, then you got time to comment on what your agency did. Yes. On Monday. Yes. And even if you hold a press conference and you say, "Well, I can't answer that question," or "or I can't say," or whatever you want to say, at least you're facing the music. At least you're facing the public and giving some sort of uh, accountability. It, and then people can say, "Well, he didn't answer anything." And, Maybe he could say why I can't answer anything, but at least it would be some sort of a, a public accountability. Right now, it appears to me like Merrick Garland, the attorney general, they're saying he didn't authorize this in terms of uh, when it would happen. He knew it was going to happen. It sounds like to me, I, I mean, it sounds like to me Merrick Garland is hiding under his desk. And Attorney General Ray, excuse me, not Attorney FBI Director Ray, <clears throat> he, he's not. He's not. He's yet to come forth and defend his agency. That's right. Uh, and he needs to do that. Yeah. He he needed to have done that Monday or Tuesday, but he hasn't done that as of now. And now that you've executed the warrant <clears throat> that you say you got legally from this judge, hmm. why not come out and tell the American public this is what we right. were looking for? Right. And we we either, they already got it. Whether we didn't well, find it it's a, or they've got it, this is what it is. Show right. us. Right. <clears throat> it's appearing more and more like this is just a big show. Yes. And that's what it appears. Yes. It's just a big show to try to embarrass former President Trump and potentially to keep him from being eligible to run for office yeah. two years from now.
All right, we're going to take a break right now with more of today's issues on the way. And uh, Chris is going to play the uh, the drums. Yeah. While we uh, take the four four drums, you say? Yeah, that was the uh, the quads. I yeah the quads. It another name mistakenly. <laughs> the quads. I can play the trombone. You, yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll, we'll do a little concert here during the break. We'll be back in a minute. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. One of the first stops we make when we get to Jerusalem to begin our Holy Land trip, we go to the Mount of Olives, which overlooks the old city of Jerusalem. You've read about the Mount of Olives in the Bible. You've read about the city of Jerusalem in the Bible. Those are real places that we're going to visit in March of 2023. We've already registered about 50 people. We hope to take about 100 people on this very special trip to Israel. For all the information, go to twholyland.com. The dates are there. The costs are there. The itinerary is there. Everything you need to know, twholyland.com, twholyland.com. No COVID shots required. No COVID testing required. It's all back to normal. A passport and a suitcase, and you can join us. Go to TWHolyLand.com for all the information. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers. Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Congressman Scott Perry, the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, says the FBI confiscated his cell phone. The congressman and his family are on vacation when they were surrounded by government agents. They made no attempt to contact his attorneys or make other arrangements to have the phone turned over. Folks, this is what intimidation looks like, political intimidation, much like the raid on Mar-a-Lago, where agents staged a pre-dawn, guns-drawn raid. They confiscated cocktail napkins, a dinner menu, and rummaged through Melania Trump's closets. The idea that a president can use the full power of the government to arrest, bully, and silence his critics, what was once unthinkable, is now our reality. I'm just waiting for the knock on my studio door. That's why I always carry a spare toothbrush. By the way, my book, now a bestseller, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. You can get a copy at your favorite bookstore and toddsterns.com. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew 19, 14. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. If you want to watch the live video streaming of this here show, uh, you can do that at uh, YouTube or Facebook. Just type in today's issues. And we also have our own video streaming uh, service available. And uh, do you have that? Uh, it, it's streaming. I'm having to get used to it. It's streaming. Brent, tell us. Streaming.afa.net. That's right. Streaming.afa.net. Streaming. Right. Streaming, not screaming, people. <laughs> streaming.afa.net. Take you about one minute two minutes to sign up and you don't have to do it anymore after that. It just gives you a password and then you can watch all of our shows that we do stream for free right there on our own, uh, streaming service. We did that primarily because, uh, we didn't want to be, you know, censored or shut down by YouTube or Facebook because we mentioned words like Iver. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> think the, Ray, you want to say the rest of that? Mecton. Yeah, there you go. See, we put enough space in there where the That's algorithms right. yeah. couldn't catch us. And uh, also the uh, YouTube summer intern that's been monitoring our show. I think they've probably gone on back to school because mm-hmm. they, 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 they shut us down twice within a week. Mm-hmm. And then somebody, their superior, said, put them back on. You messed up on this one. That's After our producer Brent intervened, yeah, isn't that? Don't you think that's about what happened, that, Brent? Yes, sir. That's got to be what happened. Okay, because you, we, we were we were shut down, and then you appealed. We, we twice shut, in a week, right? We were shut down, uh, appealed, then they put us back on the next day, and we went about two days, and we were shut down again, appealed, won that one, and been back on ever since. Right. Way, to go. Way so to go, Brent. Within a week. One call, that's all. Brent Creeley. <laughs> Way to go, Brent. I just, that was, I, 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 I will dare say we're the only group, only show that's ever been shut down and put back on within a week. So yeah. some somebody at YouTube, Ray, overturned their subordinate, you know, said, uh, so I don't they're know. Still, they're still watching us. <laughs> <laughs> well, they must have been watching live because uh, it must have not been an algorithm. That's what Brent thinks. But anyway, we're glad to be back on YouTube. And uh, Facebook, as far as I know, has never took us down, taken us down. Is it took or taken? Taken. Taken, yeah. Taken. Never taken us down. All right. Well, uh, you want to welcome our guest now, Fred? Absolutely. One of the most popular shows here at American Family Radio is Understanding the Times, which is heard Saturday at 1 p.m. Central and Sunday at 12 noon. And the host of that program is our good friend Jan Markell from the Twin Cities. Jan, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Fred. Absolutely. Good to, good to hear your voice. Hey, listen, uh, one of your neighbors, Congresswoman Ilan Omar, barely survived a Democrat mm-hmm. uh, primary on Tuesday. She had a challenger former Minneapolis City Council member Don Samuels. Uh, he's he's very pro-police, very upset uh, with uh, so many police uh, policemen leaving the department there in Minneapolis and the violent crime. But 
uh, Ilan Omar was out there preaching, no, uh, we got to uh, defund the police department. She but barely she, won? But she barely won. Perhaps because of right. that, Jan, can you fill us in? Yeah, I would. Look, I've, I've spent my entire life in, in Minneapolis and it's a couple of its suburbs, and it's been just a beautiful city. It's called the city of lakes and things like that. But you know what? She she oversees her. Her district includes some of the very wealthiest people in Minneapolis and some of the very poorest people in Minneapolis. But here's what those two categories have in common: is they are weary of hijack hijackings and carjackings and being mugged and 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 their homes being broken into. And the police having to have their high, their hands tied, they can't do anything uh, to police properly because of our politicians, including Ilhan Omar. And I think that many Apolitans, both wealthy and poor, said, you know what, enough of this. And so they tried to get this other person. It didn't work, unfortunately, but we, this is just the primary. Um, and, and so who knows what's going to happen in the general election. But I, I just think... <laughs> Of Fred and gentlemen, I just think that it's extremely significant that Minneapolis, or, or well, let's leave it at that city for now, which is heavily just a blue city, blue state, um, is thinking twice about liberalism, and it's because of how much they need and now appreciate the police. Yeah. Jan, another topic we wanted to talk to you about uh, uh, is these uh, the the fellow who was convicted of honor killings in Texas, yeah. his two daughters, yeah, uh, Muslim man. Uh, when did when when did this take place? It took place about twelve years ago. He was just yeah. now convicted. Yeah, he's been on the run for twelve years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I just think this shows the, if I can dare use the word, um, depravity of that particular religion um, that. You know, that's unthinkable to most people here in the Western world, and here this family had the privilege of being a part of the Western world, being part of the greatest country um, that God ever allowed to be created, and yet and yet, he would do such a despicable, despicable thing. And I think there's a certain amount of uh, demonic going on here as well. Um, but does that happen? But does that happen in uh, this these honor killings? Does that happen regularly in the in the Muslim world? I'm not talking about necessarily in the U.S., but yeah, is that not part necessarily? Yeah, not necessarily in the U.S. I mean, they know they're going to get right, caught and prosecuted right. and everything here, but it's it's just a part of, the, of their value system. And so when the these teenagers, this is usually teenagers, start looking for friends and 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 some of them convert to christianity i mean this is this is such an outrage to some of the fanatics you know i i get tired of hearing the, the phrase not all muslims are this way but it is true there are many muslims that would never ever think of doing this but at the same time there are far too many who do this on a on a regular level and you know what we need to be praying that these folks would come to faith in Jesus Christ, because that's the answer. Yeah. What's coming up on your show this weekend? Uh, Dr. David Reagan, and we're going to talk about some of the issues going on in our country right now, which, which of course, you've addressed as well. But we're at such an unprecedented time of trial and testing and disappointment here in this country. So uh, Dave Reagan and I will talk (laughs) about it. And I know your folks will be edified because we'll bring out the biblical angle as well. 
Well, tell yeah. David we said hello. He's a good friend sure. of ours. Good. Yeah. Thank you. I'll do that. Okay. Thank you, Jan. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Bye now. Bye bye. That's Jan Markell uh, joining us from the uh, Twin Cities there in Minnesota. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Chris? I have some good news involving gas prices, a mix of good and bad news, I'll say. Okay. Uh, the good news is that today's national average for uh-huh. a gallon of regular gasoline is $3.99. So we're back below the $4 mark. All right. A month ago, on average, we were paying four sixty-seven a gallon. And if you're a diesel driver, bless your heart, you're paying a lot more than that. Uh, now, the good news is we're back below 4 bucks. The bad news is a year ago at this time it was three eighteen a gallon on average, which means yeah. a bunch of people listening to the sound of my voice were paying somewhere in the two seventy five three dollar range this time last year. Don't you think the reason for it going down would be a supply and demand? Oh yeah, issue even, because summer travels about over. Oh, even liberal economists are saying that. Right. Uh, what is happening because of the high gas prices that forced people to consider how many trips to the market every week plus vacation time is over for the most part in a lot of the country and so people aren't traveling as much what's it what's it in uh, kansas city right now if you go fill uh, up i just was checking looks like it's about 350 maybe 360 something like that mm-hmm. i mean it's down it, it, right what chris it's definitely down and it's still definitely above what it was a year ago right well, you know, President Biden, when gas prices were nearing $5 a gallon, <laughs> basically said he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Then when the gas prices start going down, shazam. Look at me. Look at me. I'm making them go down. So I can't, he can't make them go up, but he can make them go this down. This is the same down. guy that claimed yesterday we had 0% inflation. Now, that was a gem. Yeah. Right there. And, you know, it's not a misspeak so. either because he went on to say it several times. Yeah. For those who don't know what uh, what happened yesterday, this is before he left to go uh, to the beach. To the beach on vacation in South Carolina with Hunter Biden. <clears throat> First time I ever seen Hunter Biden in a suit and tie. <laughs> but anyway, at least on the laptop pictures. <laughs> which were less than flattering, yeah. many of them. Uh, uh, the uh, president talked about inflation, mm. right, Chris? Yes, he did. And so inflation's been 9% or above. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was asked about this, and he's bragging that inflation was, was zero. zero. He did, yeah. You have this audio? Uh, we had it yesterday. Do we still have I, it? I may have overwritten it when I saved yesterday's. You override audios? Well, I do. In addition to playing the drums? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I do what I can. I, I'll, I'll most, take your dry cleaning later today <laughs> if it means I have a job. I got... I'm multi-talented, Chris. Okay, is. we do actually have this clip, yes. Uh, I do. Uh, I about we we kind of rushed it yesterday. Now, now, is there any more context to this? Is, 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 what, is what we're about to hear, is it technically correct? Uh, no, it okay. is not. Okay, well, so it's... Um, yeah, what you're going to hear now is President Biden saying yesterday there was zero inflation in July, and then I have some reaction from Dr. Okay. Kevin Roberts of the okay, Heritage and Foundation. We, and then we'll go to Alex. Go ahead, let's, let's play this. Before I begin today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. 
Today, we received news that our economy had 0 percent inflation in the month of July. 0 percent. You know, Joe Biden has never let the truth get in the way of his political opinion. And there's more evidence of that yesterday. It's a year-over-year -year figure. They know that when they go to the grocery store, or as most American families are doing right now, when they're shopping for school supplies, that everything has gone up. Yes, gas prices have come down temporarily. But every analysis I've seen, including by my colleagues at Heritage, say that gas prices will be going up. The president is really out of touch with the average American. Now, let's not forget, too, that this is the same president that wants us to believe we're not in a recession, even though we are, by definition, in a recession. Yeah, yeah, but what the, uh, everybody knows inflation's up. Is he saying that inflation didn't go up anymore? No, he's saying we basically it canceled it out because some stuff has gotten cheaper. The stuff that's more expensive is now canceled Where's out. Where's he getting this number from? Somebody told him. <laughs> Whoever wrote the little speech. He said we have zero. He said we had 0% inflation in July I wonder, I wonder in an the, election year. I wonder if uh, any of the liberal news media outlets are going to fact check him. No. No. You remember how they fact check Trump on everything? Oh. oh. They still do. Hour by hour. Hour, And, and you know, President Trump was, uh, right, was given to uh, that New York flamboyant. Right. Rhetoric, right. talk, uh, he, he would say things inarticulately. That was just the way. He, and you know what? Everybody knew what he was talking about. Sure. And he, people would even make, they had to make fun and say, huge, whatever. He'll try to, you know. So, but but everything pr President Trump said, the liberal media took the worst possible interpretation and and acted like they needed to fact check everything he said. You know what I'm saying? If Look, he, everything is up over last year. Fuel, oil is up. Airline, uh, everybody, know, yeah, tickets. Everybody Everybody's feeling this, right? Yeah, and, my son Wesley and, called me on the way home from the grocery store last night, and just railing about he spent ninety dollars on what a year ago cost him fifty. Go ahead. Right. Well, and and what what he said is right that it, this is happening all across America. So for the president to say there's zero percent inflation. All you have to do is go to the grocery store or check the gas pump. And, you know, the president, once again, uh, how shall we say this? Yeah. He is somewhat out of touch with reality. Yeah. I did a quick search to see if CNN has anything today con containing the words Biden 0% inflation. And there is not an article on CNN.com today about Biden saying 0% yeah. inflation. Interestingly enough, in May of last year, they had an article, and this was the headline, Inflation is Back. Biden should be worried. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's. Uh, the, the the fact checkers, after President Trump left, the fact checkers uh, who were so quick to slam him every day for something, uh, they've gone away. Yep. They no longer uh, are out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, joining us now is our good friend, Dr. Alex McFarlane, who's here every week, uh, every weekday with... Uh, Bert Harper on the program Exploring the Word each afternoon on our live on our Bible study. Good morning, Alex. Hello, everybody. Well, you got any? You got an encouraging word? Jesus loves us, Amen. and Jesus never fails, and we keep our eyes on Him. Amen. Uh, Alex, I was watching. I don't know if we have this. Do we have that uh, Twitter from that little kid, Dallas Cowboys son? Do we have that? Okay. Uh, I was watching last night there, uh, uh, a uh, clip. We don't have it right now, and it's hard to hear. 
It was a press conference. Well, uh, you know, the NFL teams now are going through their preseason. College mm-hmm. teams and high school teams are too. But anyway, it was a press conference from the Dallas Cowboys player. His name is uh, Diggs, D-I-G-G-S. He's a defensive back. His first name escapes me right now. But he had his little five-year-old son up there. You know how the players – these players oftentimes have their kids at events like that. And oh, yes. You know, so the little child got up there, and he's at the end of his comments. It, well, they weren't comments. <laughs> they were planned. They were just a little kid uh, being cute. Mm-hmm. right? And he said, hey, yeah, I just love my dad, uh, number seven. It's my, it's my lucky number. And he said, I also, I love God, I love Jesus, and I love the whole world and my family. <laughs> and it was just very sweet and innocent, and obviously somebody's been talking about Jesus and God, but that little five-year-old, his dad probably, uh, and others. But when I was watching that and hearing that, and then and then the story was that ESPN and the NFL had edited out the part about Jesus and God. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, and I read that and saw that, and I thought the question, which means I have a question for you, Alex. Um, in, in the New Testament, am I hearing a train, or is it just? Yeah, is this in my, in my mind? In the background, there's a train. I, I'm at. Is that the Chattanooga Choo Choo? What is that going on? You're where? Well, I'm in a lovely town called Dillon, South Carolina, First Baptist Church. Oh yeah, and. Right down the main street in the middle of the downtown is a train track. Okay. Well, <laughs> I just I just thought maybe I'm maybe the Lord's calling me right now. I'm, I'm, and my Alex sound, has a side hustle as an engineer. And my sound. I, is, I wish I wish that trumpet would <laughs> sound. <know>. You know. <laughs> Amen, brother. Let it be so. But anyway, uh, does the Bible talk about the New Testament in particular? Does it talk about or did Jesus talk about his name being offensive to? The people in the world? Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, and Jesus said, you know, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. But if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. And we're living in a time, I mean, whether it's like in Fargo, North Dakota, we they don't, they don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because it contains those uh, heinous words, one nation under God or editing out Jesus, sanitizing, removing references to the Lord, it's because people recoil at the idea of being accountable to the Almighty. Really oh, because why, Fred, you were telling me about the story in Fargo, North Carolina. It was a city council? No, it's the school board. School board. They said in, what now? In Fargo, North Dakota. Uh-huh. Uh, they have voted God, uh, voted not to say the pledge anymore, and this is Scott Holden, who I think is one of the leaders of the Fargo School Board. This is Seth him, Holden. Uh, Seth Holden. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he got up at the meeting, and he said, this is why we can't say the pledge anymore. It's cut 15. Given that the word God in the text of the Pledge of Allegiance is capitalized, and Jim had brought this up in, the, in our previous discussion of this, the text is clearly referring to the Judeo-Christian God. And therefore, it does not include any other faiths, such as Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, all of which are practiced throughout the country and among our staff and students at FPS. 
it also includes agnostics and atheists. And I think the exclusion of these faiths or lack thereof within the pledge automatically makes the Pledge of Allegiance a non-inclusionary act. Mm. Wow. See, this is why our country is unraveling. Uh, uh, And he is correct that the founders and up until recent years, leaders, educators, elected officials, yes, it was the Judeo-Christian God uh, and the revelation of God on which our country was built. That is a fact. Uh, But people could reject that. Uh, America has always been, you can believe whatever you want to believe. However, the philosophical and moral foundations that made us the greatest country in the world, those were straight from the Word of God. And so uh, to, to, you know, this uh, leader um, and the school board in Fargo, I mean, what they're doing is really treasonous. It is treason to expunge God from the public consciousness. Well, it's our history. Because, it's our heritage. Yeah, they're, they're undermining the very fiber that holds our country together. Yeah, Christianity, there was a, Christianity spread like wildfire across the United States from our earliest uh, uh, history mm-hmm. on, on through, you know, late into the 20th century in particular, uh, the the Christian religion was the one that spread all over the country right. and dominated, and there's nothing well, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. Well, what I say to, that. Go ahead. To to these liberal, progressive, revisionist, inclusionist, uh, on and on. I'll say, look, um, if you don't want to be a Christian, you don't have to be a Christian. But if you want what we've had, liberty, stability, prosperity. If you want to perpetuate that, you have to tolerate what gave us that, and what gave us strength and success as a nation was the Judeo-Christian worldview. Yep. And, and i, I got to say, they should not get any federal money because they're committing treason. The Fargo School Board and, and all like them that, that they have no conviction, no courage, and they're erasing God and omitting God. They're creating a vacuum into which will come mm-hmm. really communism. Mm-hmm. Atheistic communism will fill the void created by the removal of our yeah, foundation. This is just another reason done. why homeschooling, Christian schooling, uh, Christian education uh, is taken off, is yeah. because of some of the public schools uh, being hostile to mm-hmm. to Christianity yeah. in particular. And, and this was in California or New York. <laughs> uh, this is in Fargo, Fargo North, North Dakota. North Dakota. Heartland America. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I, I really think get, getting kids out of public school is an act of patriotism now. Oh, you really believe that? I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's a pretty strong statement. Thank you, Alex, and we look forward to you and Bert this afternoon. God bless you. Okay, God brother. bless America. Okay. Uh, did he mean the Christian God, or did, was he, he was including gods all over the world, right? Because huh? I don't want to leave anybody out. Huh? Uh, obviously, I'm kidding, folks. And with respect to uh, <clears throat> public schools, we understand, folks, that there are a lot of uh, godly public school teachers and yes. administrators, mm-hmm. yes. sure. a lot of Christian children that are in public schools. Sure. 
that are being salt and light, Ray. Sure. Uh, 100%. So we, we understand that. But, but we support them. We, yes. We, we, yes. we encourage. Yes. We but encourage overall, Christians. but right. overall, what's happening in our country, uh, Alex is right, that uh, there is an, uh, an attack. We see this, this Fargo, North Dakota story. Right. Even in conservative places, there is an attack against the Christian faith. And uh, you, you, everybody reaches a point where they say, well, I can't send my children to a, a school that's going to indoctrinate them with hatred for the, our religion. Yes. Uh, so we can talk about that more later. <clears throat> but uh, we have with us now our good friend, uh, Tim Todd. Our good friend, oh, what's his name? <laughs> I was, I knew Tim was on with us, but I, I was making sure he was uh, he was able to speak back to us. Now, Tim Todd from uh, West Monroe. Yes. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Tim. This is old. What's your name? And uh, I'm glad to be with you. <laughs> uh, hey, we got three minutes here. Tell us about the Truth for Youth Bible Campaign. How are we doing, and who needs to call? Yes, we are actually, uh, we're 23,900 as of this morning. We're way over 25,000 right now, Tim. The Truth for Youth Bible, of course, we're giving it to every teenager, one Bible per teenager per household, who will commit to give it to their friends in school that don't know the Lord. And, of course, I agree with Alex. We need to pull our kids out of public school. But the truth is we've got a lot of Christian young people still in public school, and so they are like in the darkness, and we're, we are compelling them to give a Truth For Youth Bible to every teenager they come in contact with that doesn't know the Lord, and let's make a difference in a what's, spiritual impact what's the phone on number, our school campus. What's the phone number to call and get those Bibles? 800-733-4737. 800-733-4737. All right, and I'll give that again in five minutes, folks. Uh, all right, thank you, Brother Tim. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.